and you're live on Dead Radio. What are you, everybody? <laughs> Welcome to an episode of Dead Radio. What do you mean, man, by it is dead? Powered by the beautiful guys at Play Energy Drink. Shout out Black Brick. Obviously, right now we are in Farai's studio. Obviously, you can see like the paintings. I actually shouldn't have said his name because he's supposed to see that on the other cam or on the other scene, but irregardless or regardless, whatever. Um, this is how it's gonna go. So, before I get into that, this is not an interview. No, it's not. Um, it's gonna be a conversation. That's number one. Number two, we don't introduce any of our guests. Oh yeah, our guests introduce themselves. That's how. That's how I like to. Um, because I'm not gonna be telling people who I think you are. You're gonna tell people who you are. Oh yeah. <laughs> so before I get off, that camera's for me. That camera's for us. And that camera's for you. So when you introduce yourself, obviously it would be dope to look at the camera. Because I mean. Dope. You know, it's one of those. But as time goes, just chill. Look around. You're gonna ignore the cameras because okay. we're having a conversation. Let's do it. I bet. So yeah, bro. How are you doing? doing? No, it's okay. Thank you for your time. Absolutely. Yeah. So now, who are you? What do you do, dude? That's an interesting question. <laughs> I'm, my name is uh, Samurai Farai. I'm an independent visual artist. I'm a curator, gallery owner, and art dealer. And yeah, man, I just sell art like some people sell drugs. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fucking bar. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's my dope. Name. That's, that's, my a, that's name. a very dope thing. No, okay, no, for real. It's more straight to the point. Yeah. Straight to the point. I like that. One thing I noticed when I got into this hotel, this is Blackbird Cape Town, by the way. I see your artworks, um, or your paintings, like. I can call it artworks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like at various like places in here. Yes. So I'm assuming you've kind of worked with them. Definitely. So at the moment, I'm the artist in residency here. Okay. So I've been here since April, and I'm doing like a residency. So what that means is that I'm contributing to the space creatively, doing murals and artworks for them, and just kind of contributing like my creative expression to the aesthetic of the brand and the building and as a result like I live here I have this amazing studio space Dope. and yeah man I've just had the amazing privilege of like being allowed this opportunity to put my artwork like on buildings in buildings in rooms you know and like moving outside of galleries and right kind of elevating in a way where art doesn't necessarily only need to exist. 100%, so you're making it part of everyone's everyday type yeah, thing. Yeah, Words. I think Word. like when people have art around them, they become very different. You yeah, know, like, you have to. It's, yeah. it's a weird thing, but it's one of those. But yeah, before I get into that, um, obviously I'm going to need you to talk about your background first and foremost, because yeah. I always believe that um, art, I mean, someone's background is a contribution um, but it's a fundamental stage in everyone's life because it contributes to who the person is today. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, what's your background? Like, where are you from? Where were you born? Uh, where did you grow up? Damn. I was born in Rustenburg okay. in 1996. 26. I didn't expect that, but anyway. Yeah, 26th of August, I'm a Virgo baby. Okay. <laughs> and uh, born and raised in Johannesburg, okay. which was very, very, very interesting. 
um, you know, the hustle and bustle of like that kind of city and that energy um, is really intense. I uh, went to Kes, I went to an all boys school, oh. 12 years, which was, I had its own set of complexities that I had to deal with. Right, you know? such as? Uh, like toxic masculinity, okay. intense masculinity, and very like narrow mindedness. Of course, I can respect that. All the time. Yeah. So it really like fed into like weird identities, you know, for men. Right. I think only being around men men become very um insensitive you of know, course. to the world of course just with the, with the niggas just negative you know? yeah can you imagine so like growing up in that space i unfortunately lost my father when i was very young I was raised okay. by like a single mother and she did an amazing job but um going to that kind of school not having a dad really like was weird. I was my masculinity didn't have a reference point. Right. Um, so for a long time, I felt very lost, uh, and I was always like super emotional and super sensitive, and in and out of psychologists. And, right. You know, and very like ADHD, OCD. Right. Um, and the only thing that actually like gave me a grounding sense or like clarity was like my creativity. You know, like, okay. You know, like, the creativity held me down through all of the tumultuous situations and trauma. And I didn't know that I wanted to be an artist when I was young or when I was in school. I just knew that like I really enjoyed drawing and making things and painting and just using my hands. Right. It was like, yeah, that was my escapist like method. Right. What so what before I'm very curious to know, when you were drawing did you feel like you were escaping from us, from reality in a nutshell? Not this. I think when when I was drawing, I was existing. I was allowing for my imagination to be the like conduit for like my reality. Oh, okay. So it was like drawing or making, creating something. I was always like drawing like something that I would aspire to right. create or to be. You know, like right. I started out drawing like cartoons like Goku, Dragon Ball Z cartoons, okay, you know, okay. like a lot of my role models when I was young were like my cartoon figures, you know, and like it's still like it's Same, still yeah. beats, like Pokemon. Like at some point, yeah, anime. I remember like at some point Dragon Ball Z was like Dragon Ball Z. No, it was like come off, come to after school, you know, you to be home and five, or like, like and then you get home yeah. tomorrow, you're like, yo, guys, do you see what Goku's doing? Yeah, like, this is how it's Yeah, exactly. So that, that, that was, for me, very grounding. And it just was the only constant that I had was my creativity and my, my art, I guess. Um, and when I, I guess, yeah, high school was crazy, but when I was doing art in high school, I had an amazing affinity towards it, but not the practical side, but okay. the theoretical side. Like, not a lot of people know, but I double majored. Okay. So that means I did like... So, you're, did art, so like you're an art, art, art guy. Art historian is the correct term, I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah. Come on, come with the English, yeah, dad. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm an accredited art historian as well as a fine art practitioner, which is really dope for me because it gives me context to everything that I do. Okay, of course. Um, but like really, man, when I was young, I was like getting like 100% for like my art theory exams, like writing about the Renaissance, writing about art movements, 
also like it was really your shit. Yeah, like I wasn't like that's dope. That's... I was, you know, like my work isn't um, easily palatable, but it's unique. Okay. And at that stage, I guess in the in the art career, it's like you know you have to fill the brief. So I just had this affinity to like the history of art. Right. I really felt like How old were you? What, what were you? 15, 16. Okay, okay. So I was always obsessed with history and then I was like obsessed with the, uh, the history of art because I realized that like our cultural history as people are is even more important than like so social history. I like, understand. Cultural history is the like foundations of like our society. Bro. Just like, like architecture, like so I think in architecture they teach it the same way as probably art is that they always like the first year they start talking about the history the first mm. year and that's like that's a margin in itself yes the history of architecture yeah they talk about the renaissance yeah they talk about like symmetry etc 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 so i'm guessing it's a i'm guessing it's a fundamental stage when it comes to art or design per se mm. um now, let's say art because we're having an art conversation right now. Like art, but art is design, if you get what I mean. Definitely. They do like. Yeah, so I guess the history, I guess that's something that shows that the history is just as important as, as the, practical the, practi- uh, the present right now. Yes. Okay, cool, cool. So that was always my context. So I wasn't getting the best marks practically, but theoretically, there was no one above me. I was getting, I got 100% for like three years straight for every exam that I wrote. Don't you joking. Swear to God, it got to the point where like after the fifth exam, my, my, like, my art teacher was like, we have to do something about this now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is like, after the first time, it was like, oh, well done. It was probably a second time. Like, oh, you did it again. Oh, okay, cool. And then it was like, okay, well, you clearly, what's going on? You know, this is clearly your business. You know, it's clearly your business. So that's crazy. Yeah. So she actually guided me to um, Michaela School of Fine Art, which mm-hmm. is UCT's um, art school, and she was like, "Yo, I really recommend you apply." And it was such a funny story of application because the day that I wrote my final exam, I was like studying before in the library, like just on the internet and shit. And my, my one homie was like, "Yo, I'm applying to this art school." I was like, "What? Damn!" But like, homegirl told me like about it. What do we need? And, showed me the portfolio like um prerequisites literally before i went to the exam i called my mom like yo moms google this place find out what i need my art portfolio is at home send it today like it's it's a thing send the portfolio two days late three days later get confirmed that i got offered a full bursary to oh you joking full funded Bro, it was like a movie. Like in, like the exams ended. Obviously, like you know, you celebrate what with the homies. Fuck, I was literally like in the bed. Obviously, like after an amazing night of celebration, with like three of my homies, like wake up. Mom calls me. Like homie actually gives me the phone. Like yo, your mom called me to talk to you. Like yo, mom's what's up? She's like, dude, UCT just offered you a full bursary to come study fine art, and you have to fly in like two days. I was like, what? Bro, it, everything just went. And no one could understand because also my like my circle of friends were like, what do you mean? For so I'm fuck's sake, dude. Like this is so crazy this is the story because I'm, I'm I'm assuming that's just been how 
your life has been because it's like like obviously when I get to that story like right now but it's like what I was telling you when I got to Cape Town yeah. is that um, I knew what you were doing but at some point I didn't know you were doing it on that level yes. to be quite honest yes. with you like yes. the yes. thing I didn't know what you were doing on that level till all of a sudden people on um, or artists or celebrities or whatever, I don't like to say celebrities, so let's say yeah. musicians, yeah. Um, now recognizing and now people that are in the art um, community are starting to recognize. And that's when I was like, what the fuck? Okay, this is the Farai I know. Yeah. I mean, I've known him for like seven years. So I'm like surprised, like, wait, is this the Farai? So I'm assuming that's just how everything has worked uh, in your world or like oh. in your life is that it goes from nothing to literally, because I mean, dude, you used to get your full birthday and they're like, yo, two days, dog. Uh, Dude, they literally fished me, bro. And, <laughs> you know, the thing is with me, I'm I'm super aware. So, like, my government name is, like, Farai Engelbrecht. Yeah. So, I'm, I actually have this dual cultural history of, like, being... Um, my dad is from Zimbabwe and my mother is, like, a Cape Malay colored woman. Okay. So, I have this heritage of, like, Shona culture and I have this heritage of, like, being Afrikaans, okay, um, which is always yeah. Even when I sorry to interrupt you, when I got your surname, I was surprised. But anyway, yeah, exactly. Which which threw me off. Yeah, but that's been like a constant my entire life. Right. You know, I tell my name and then I say my surname, and people are like, "What?" Completely can't face <laughs> me, you know. So I've had to deal with that duality for my whole life, and it's it's tiring. It's it, it forces me to really question why people are always trying to place each other in, in these like narratives of understanding. Right, right, right. Just right, because right. it's uncanny to you doesn't mean that it's wrong. Right. It doesn't mean that it's it, different. It, yeah, it, it just is what it is, you know? And, That's a good point. And I hate the fact that people are always trying to like contextualize, rationalize my identity. So. As a result of that, I can't speak Shona, but I speak Afrikaans is my first language, and then English. For real? Yeah. Like you speak Afrikaans like Afrikaans well, like that? Fluently. Like, but that's because like, I'm telling you, <laughs> my grandmother was like a whole white Dude, woman. You're lying. Dude. I've known you for so long, I've never heard Afrikaans word. Afrikaans. Listen to the way I speak English. When I speak Afrikaans, obviously I have the accent, this weird accent, but that's my first language. Doug, you lying. I swear to God. Like, this is why I got this I've on me. I've never, ever... This is why I got this on me. Because people never don't know. And like, like Master Kent, I actually got that from my mom because it like, literally means my mother's child. But no way, dog. you lying. Dude, I'm not lying. <laughs> I've never heard a word of Afrikaans. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I Afrikaans. But I Afrikaans. I don't know. I skin. Is who come Engels prat yes if I take Afrikaans prat me. Okay, let's switch back to You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, but it's been a crazy it's like crazy. secret like trap Yu-Gi-Oh card that's I don't think it's a lot. secret. I just think you know how to read the situations well. So you know when to speak Afrikaans, you know when to speak English. Bro, Afrikaans has saved my life a few times in weird situations. For real? Hell yeah, especially in Cape Town. Give me one example. Um, late night working at clocks, like you know, I used to do, yeah. and you know, I used to bike home. Yes. So like, um, 
I finished a, a, like a, a, late, a late night shift. It was probably like a first Thursday. So we finished at like one when it wasn't COVID. And I had like walked one of my colleagues at the time, Laura Simon, to a car. And then like these two homies started tracking us. And I'm like, I could see the whole situation. I was like, yo, Laura, let's walk fast, but don't walk like... You know what's yeah. going on. But I, I, I got this. So I, and then I start basing the homies. I'm like, I start Sabela, which is like Totsita. So I'm like, salute Owen to Khanet, but Sidi Manda. And then as soon as like that, those words come out of my mouth. They relaxed. Then they start, then they, then they doubt that I'm aware. You know what I mean? Like I'm not a foreigner. It's like, yeah. I'm, I'm speaking to you in a, in a language and a Did way you understand? that you understand. Uh-huh. Because now I know exactly what's what, about to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you can't now pretend. Try, because you, you know see, what's going on. I know, ready. I know you, you know, know what I mean? I know. You know what I mean? So I'm yeah. ready. Yeah. So that situation just saved me and I was like, nah, listen, this, I'm not that guy. Like, I'm not one of these guys that you're gonna roll up on. And pull up on me and there will be, be consequences, okay. 100%. You know? There will be consequences because of like my own family ties and things like that, which unfortunately sometimes you have to get to as a person of color in this country. 100%. You know? So yeah, so the Afrikaans was that, and then you know the English schooling system and all of those things. And I love English. I love. But we're going back to your story right now, right? Yes, so yeah. then I basically like just hollered at the homies like that in Afrikaans. I'm like, listen, I'm standing. No, not even that story, like your real life story. My real life story. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Well, so, the part where you talk about um, UCT. Yes. I'm really interested to know because that shit's crazy. So, this is how it went. So, I get into UCT, I fly, I'm literally like, for the first time, like I had, because I, I shared a room with my sister. Right. Like, my entire high school career. So I get to UCT, I have my own space, my own room, all this independence. I'm living in an observatory right. behind Kritiske Hospital. And yeah, man, I start studying fine art. And none of my, like, I didn't say goodbye to anyone in Joburg. You didn't have time. I didn't have time. <laughs> yeah, two days. And no one could, like, no one believed me. And, like, I literally left that whole life and started a new one here. And it was four years of studying the hardest shit that I've ever had to do, bro. Okay. In the first year of doing like art school, you have to do like eight different um, courses practically. So that's like drawing, photography, painting, sculpture, printmaking, new media, and like two more. And that shit is, and you have to do like gallery reviews and you have to write like thousands of words in essays and right. Dude, I wrote my first fucking essay <laughs> that I wrote, I wrote in hand because at my, like at my high school, we never did essays on, like, we never typed Laptops, them. Yeah. So the first, like, 2,000 word essay that I had to do, I wrote it out by hand. And my lecturer, like, comes to me, and, like, when I hand it in, she's like, why did you write it? And I was like, what do you mean? Yeah, and she was like, no, like, you need to type it out. You need to have this kind of spacing. You need in-text referencing, like, this is the fucking font you put into that other thing that you checks know? if you plagiarize the Dude, so coming here, yeah, so coming here was like a, a big adjustment because I felt like I was dealing with like third world resources, even fourth in world resources world, yeah. in in, in um, Joburg, and then you come to this like European tertiary institution, and there's all these expectations. So that shit like fucked me up. But as soon as I adjusted, all I had to do was like keep my like average above 55 percent which i did and i killed it right you know and 
once I did my honors that last year was I was the only person that sold out my ex my graduate exhibition and what my year. What do you mean? My so the so everything you exhibited for your graduation sold was sold out. So they was I sold twenty two artworks in one evening. That's right. I'm so shook. Like, but also, I did not know <laughs> this shit. Yeah, so 22 artists in one evening. But it's crazy because it wasn't it wasn't a, a solo act. What the fuck? No, regardless, nigga. Like, that's fucking crazy. And this is your graduation. Like, it's not even like you were, you were trying to sell anything. You were there to show art because you've graduated. And this is what I guess you have to do. Yeah, so that. I was the only like artist in Michaela's to sell out in like four years, five years. And honestly, they don't really like put respect on my name, but that's fine. Like, yeah, it's, it. it's a color. Yeah. yeah Respectfully, so, we are where we are. Mm -hmm. We're in Cape Town. Like, but I'm super, some of that. Yeah, I'm super grateful for the opportunity regardless. Um, that's insane though. Yeah. So from that point. What? But it's like, it's crazy because I had homies that helped me like transport art that were in the space talking on my behalf, like Khotso, um, Kumo, Salek was there. Um, oh, so, so now can I get more references to so the homies that you actually been homies with? Probably when I saw you like two years ago, because yes. it was last time I was in Cape Town. Those are homies that you have actually known before that. Before anyone Anything. knew. Bro, you know what I mean? Because I thought you guys just met, like, because nah. of the sound. So you guys like, really been knowing each other. Salik, Khotso, Kumo, Terence, those homies all, like, knew me before there was any, like... Anything. You know what I mean? Dope. So with Leaf Apparel, that's why we went to um, Soul DXP, went there as, like, ambassadors, got to meet the most amazing people and get exposed to, like, this amazing, like, subculture and ecosystem. Um, Khoto obviously did the most for me as well as like my own mentor and like taking me places, introducing me to people, guiding me on how to make like sales psychology. Yeah, Khoto is sick. Dude, but unfortunately like artists and a lot of my own peers and colleagues, they don't have the know-how or they don't fucking have the ability or agency or even agility to like sell their own stuff. That's why they go to galleries and like ask galleries to sell their stuff in the gallery. But don't you like, think it's a bit easier right now to like kind of sell your own stuff no. in terms of like social media? Not everyone is good at social media. That's the thing. So can you say not mm, artists aren't good at social media? I mean, people that are buyers aren't good at social media? Or they're not trying to buy your art on social media? Just, I'm just asking, I'm no. very curious. I think, I think there's, a, there's a very interesting and complex system behind the like sales of art through the internet and then we can obviously have a conversation about cryptocurrency and nfts but before that artists aren't and even in like art school you're not given the tools the, capi to sell. the capitalistic tools to sell like the first time one of my lecturers like guided me or talked, started having a conversation about pricing artworks was in my fourth year in the second semester they're like, what? yeah, bro. They're like, yeah, the amount of hours that you spend doing the artwork, the materials that you spend doing the artwork, transportation fees. No, 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 combine that to make this crazy. I was like, but guys, also two years before this, I was selling art in like- Already? 
and so the, the, the system and the schooling, okay. it's, it's okay. backward, okay. you know? I guess it's exactly how I feel, like in my last um, conversation, when the last episode I had with um, someone called Sibu, Sibu Mabena, I was telling her that I had a beef that, I had a big beef that in South Africa, we weren't being told, um, I had a big beef in South Africa that we weren't being told about life orientation. Like life orientation was not teaching me about selling or buying. No, not selling or buying, about starting a company. Yeah. I had a beef that they weren't telling me that I need to financially have my shit unchecked. Yeah. I had a beef with that. And I had a beef with that solely because how do you tell me as a black, like a, as a black, man to start a company I started a company but now I had known nothing about taxes absolutely Dude, nothing about like, taxes like bookkeeping though like bookkeeping, bookkeeping is, is such a crazy like I know nothing about that you know what I mean yeah and that's for me was a beef because like how do you guys put me in this space um and tell me to do what I do and I do that but then you don't you come with tools. the information to actually make that access easier yeah. so i had a big issue with that so i'm and i'm seeing that right now but that's the same dude, the <laughs> and, thing and this i'm seeing the same flaws in what you were studying because they teach you how to make the car but i'm not taught how to, how to sell and drive the car like if i'm making a car if you teach me how to make the car you should you also need to teach me how to sell the car yeah so I mean, it only makes sense. Exactly. So basically, art school just preps people and creatives to be like exploited. Part of the system. Through by galleries. They literally just like so warm you up to be like. like system. Bro. It's like going to school, you're taught to be work for someone. You're not taught to be And that's the craziest company. thing, dude. The craziest thing is like. Respectfully, by the way. Yeah. The craziest thing is like, how am I in one of the best institutions on the continent? And I'm not even getting the tools in order to like be so a like, to be a common entrepreneur like, and get a hundred percent of what I'm creating, dude. That's weird. I see you been fighting Just your ass in case Yeah, show it to the face, boy You know that it right I'ma touch you better Won't be here forever And you know this is life And you know I've been tired And you know I've been trying I know you want to fly I heard your voices inside in November, get your shit together. Broke myself a little, but I know it's forever. Focus on the vision, commit to my endeavors. Silence out the haters, they don't wanna settle. Took a flight to Sabi, but nobody can find me. I pray to Oshimari, always looking back.
you're live on Dead Radio. So my, so the, let me actually like get into this. The whole samurai and Ferrari, um, anonymity, anonymity, yeah, it was born from like this frustration. Right. It was born from what I'm talking about. It was born from this anger and this uh, disconnect because I was like, I'm here to learn but I'm so aware of what I'm not being taught, you know? So how do I negotiate that? And I negotiate that by using my creativity to like comment on that, you know? Right. So I started doing, I guess, graffiti, vandalism, tagging, but I kind of followed the footsteps of like uh, Jean-Michel Basquiat and uh-huh. his like Samo concept where I was doing like textual artworks that were like provocative where I was like, I'd write something on the walls in the bathroom and say like, what am I learning at art school? Option A, white neoliberalism. Option B, Christianity. Option C, that black people don't exist. You know, like things like that. Your white walls look ugly without my art. So much to a point where I got caught. Not because they caught me in the act. They like, I was like 16 pieces deep, and then they like took pictures of all of them, sent me an email on my like UCT thing. How they know of you? Because like my, none of my peers were like made art like me. Oh wow! Like I also stuck out. So also, only 75 people started studying art with me, and we were left with 37. Yeah, that's how university is, dog. So you know, <laughs> yeah, I stood out like a, I stood out like a sore thumb. Because also you must not forget that 2015 fees must fall, roads must fall, and that ended in 2017, 2018. So my my like introduction to the tertiary education system came with this political background. Yes, you know those that those experiences like introduced me to people like Imran Christian, who you know gave us an amazing body, documented body of Right, I saw that from the beginning, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that so you, influenced I, I my identity. So Im- Imran was also at UCT? No, 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 no. Imran was you just... just met on the streets. I literally met the homie um, after, we pushed, after, we pushed, yeah, after we pushed down the gates of parliament on the 21st of October. We're inside protesting, king tear gas, bullets flying, Someone grabbed his camera, the police grabbed his camera, I grabbed it back, gave it to him, we ran into company gardens. And the police like, grabbed his camera, so it was crazy. So how did you grab it back? My man, I grabbed it back, like... <laughs> homie grabbed it, he's like, the homie was like, no, no, we're gonna get you. And I was like, yo, give the homie the camera, I had no idea who he was. And that, like, that was when we met, but art school after that, I was like, Yo, I'm not about any of you. Like you white dinosaurs, I'm here to like keep you on your toes. Right. None of my none of these people around me are on the same page. Yeah. And as a black person, like I'm super angry and like supercharged, which I feel like I refined and focused, but I became very like vulcanized and volatile and which was important. Yeah, I've been like that as well. Like there's a point where you get like very angry at the system. Yeah, and it's important. It's important, but you also understand that being angry is not going to help you with anything. Nope. And like, what's really important is um, being part of the system and changing it from inside. So that's one of the things I've really learned, like from from like a 
like a, not from a high point of view, is that like the easiest way to really um, change any system is from inside. You can't change it from outside. I, I, I can't change it from outside. Yeah, I think you, um, can, you can have an opinion from outside. You can have an outside. impact from outside, but you can't change it. No. I you need to be part of it. You need to know how the system works. Yeah, but I also feel like it's a trap convincing or believing that you can change anything. Personally, you I can. Like you don't think you can? I don't think you can change things for the collective. I think you can change things for individuals. I don't believe. I, I think collective change is... I can give you an example. I can tell you why I say I don't believe. Okay. So, it, it can... Look, it, it can only start as, indiv as, as, as individual. Right? Mm -hmm. But the individuals that you select always have to be the individuals that are the best at what they do. Um, so that those individuals prove a point. And after those individuals prove the point, that will always open the doors for the collective. Always open the doors for the yeah, collective. Yeah, but the thing is, the collective can't be trusted. You know why? Because people, people are ignorant. And that's just a fact. Fuck. You're right. People are ignorant. You're so right. when you give ignorance the tool of change, no, no, people don't change. want responsibility, bro. People don't want the responsibility of like taking charge of their lives. Can I tell you why you... And that's the funniest thing about what you're saying now. You on Tuesday, that. you're fucking right, but on Tuesday, I was with my doctor, right? And he took out my stitches on my head. And then he said the most profound thing to me, and that's the weirdest thing. He asked me what I do, I told him I'm self-employed. And he's like, okay, cool, carry on talking. And the later stage, he was like, you know, in life, I forgot what I was talking about, but he was like, in life, there's two different types of people. Yeah. There's a, there's a person, that wants to work, mm -hmm. get their money, yeah. and after he gets his money, get paid and carry on with his family life. He wants a simple life. He wants, he also does want to get a job. I mean, he, he, he also wants to be rich, but he doesn't have the tenacity and the perseverance to get rich. So he ends up still getting a job. And with him saying that, He's like, there's a, then there's another person. There's a person that doesn't mind starting their own company and they understand that they're willing to take a risk. And he was telling me solely based on um, testosterone. Testosterone? Yeah, testosterone. Because, okay, so obviously. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I'm explaining to you why. I'm, no cap, I'm explaining to you why. This guy's a neurologist, right? So I got into an accident, car accident, probably two weeks ago, a week ago. Um, and this guy put the stitches in my head. Yeah. And to take them out, I went to him. So as I get to him, he asks me, were you drinking? I'm like, no. He's like, he laughs. That's the first thing that happens, he laughs. Ha ha ha. No, I didn't. Like, uh, the cops and cops are seen. But he starts laughing, like, ha ha ha, no, you're joking. Like, you were definitely doing something you weren't supposed to be doing. We laugh again. Like, we laugh together, like, ha ha ha. No, you're joking, you're joking, whatever, whatever. And then he's like, so, then he's like to me, he's like, so, let me explain something to you. He's like, so, I've seen a lot of your cases. Yes. He said, I've seen a lot of your cases. Slightly problematic, but you know. 
I've seen a lot of your cases where there was, especially where I stay in the area, he says, I've seen a lot of your, of your cases where there's people like you that do what they do, what you did, and they say you weren't how you were. Yeah, of course. And I'll explain to you why that's the case. And I'm like, okay, cool. Listen, I'm not going to dispute you because you're the guy with the stats. Why? He's like, okay, cool. Why is because um, testosterone is the, what is it? It's um, Call it a, a catalyst. Hormone. It's a hormone it's a that hormone. gives you the drive to think you can take a risk. Yes. So I'm like, no, yes. why? Yes. And he's like, yeah, that's why you did what you did. It's because you were how you were and you thought, nah, I can still drive. Yeah. Oh, you believed because I know I can. So, so you know what? I'm gonna drive. Yeah. Like, you like okay, cool. You got in the car and you drove, and then this happened. And we start laughing. I'm like, what the fuck, nigga? Like, what you mean? It's like, yeah, dude. If you were with a girl or girls when you were how you were when you were driving, the girls are gonna be like, dog, I'm not gonna drive with you like this. Yeah. Actually, I'm gonna Uber home. I'm not gonna yeah. drive with you in a car like this. And yeah. I stopped and I stood there like this. I was like, okay. You've got a point there. Even though I wasn't driving with a girl, I was trying to take a girl home. Just to add that there. Mm-hmm. Just saying, you know, it's for the... Okay, okay. Just for the Good context. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but then... This what it so this for me is like, yeah, what made you drive and get into an accident was testosterone. Wow. Like it was nothing else but testosterone because wow. testosterone is a hormone that makes you think you can do it. That is amazing. But, but you know why I think that's amazing? Because if you think about it like in the macrocosmic level, the only way that we can make our lives like what it is, like now being yeah. both self-employed, independent creatives, is because of our will yeah. to create. It's a risk. The perseverance, the belief. Yeah. So that means like on a biological level that we have like a different hormonal system to other people. That's interesting. It's highly possible. I think also like on, on this level, which I love because like I'm super academic, but that's like Darwinism. That's evolution. Yeah. And that's why I truly believe like Artists and creatives are the next evolution of humankind. Yeah, like, um, like no lie. You know what? I'm, I was thinking about this other day. It makes it so funny, Doug. <laughs> oh my God, can I? Can I take a call? Take a call, dude. It's my travel agent. No, take, dude. Like, she's sorry, guys. I told you guys this is live. We don't cut things here. Hi, Maxine. Oh, sorry. No, like, yo, man. It's supposed to call. That's cool. Oh no. I was supposed to call her at 12, and now I'm in this. You know, you know how it happens. Ish, guys, you know. Ah, you guys are really okay. They have to believe me. Like, it's really chill. Got caught red. I'm trying to keep this as real as how real life is, I guess. (laughs) Like, those guys really take no call. Like, dude, like. The conversation is not an interview, it's not, not on TV, nigga. Um, uh, Maxine? Hello? Hey, I'm fantastic. I'm so sorry. I know we had a call for 12 o'clock. Unfortunately, unfortunately, oh goodness. This is as real as it gets. 
Maxine. <laughs> I, I'm so sorry. I know we had a call for 12 o'clock. Unfortunately, I like double booked myself. I'm currently sitting in an in a conversation slash interview that I need to be present in. As soon as I'm done, I will make contact with you. Is that okay? Also, this girl is wet. she doesn't have network. Oh my goodness. So you've seen the same thing 300 times? Literally. Literally. That's up. Do you want to make calls on my phone? After 1 p.m. Double book. I hate, that's why I hate like that WhatsApp call. Hate it. If you ever WhatsApp call me, I reject your call immediately. No cap. For real. Like, I'm actually not joking. I'm actually really not okay, joking. Okay, okay. <laughs> I barely take a WhatsApp call. Like, it's not... Dude, it's... Okay, that's it's not my thing. Like, if you really want to talk to me, come with the airtime, bro. Dude, come on. Yeah. <laughs> come with the airtime, bro. Literally. Respectfully, bro. Respectfully. Like, for real. But, but dude, I want to go back to your life. Like, I, I know we're going off a tangent. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I yeah, hate yeah, this. yeah. No, but it's good. It's I'm going to explain why I hate it. Because I've known you for so long, and it's very easy for us to really just talk about something else. Yeah, yeah, true. So true. I really need to go back to yeah, let's, uh, let's bring it back UCT to story. Yeah, yeah, let me bring That's it back. That's very important. Yeah. Let's so, take it back. So the the whole political movement that I actually was really involved in, man, like I was on the news, I was on the Sunday Times, like I was really like a political activist for like some time in my life. And I thought, I really believed that my art needed to be tied with like political commentary Same. especially you also get trapped in the narrative as a black artist that your artwork needs to be about being black and being Fuck that. politically in a situation and i don't believe that I'm yeah. personally and i don't actually care about saying this live i don't resonate <laughs> with black artists that make work about the black identity and that's not a, a shot or it's not a shot it's actually what michael jordan said yeah michael jordan said no, not he didn't say the exact same thing but um sorry to interrupt you man no no, no. but michael jordan was in an interview uh, for his documentary the one that's on netflix and he yeah. asked why he's really talking dumb. about the uh why isn't he talking about the political s scenarios and why isn't he because the kind of figure that he is, why isn't he speaking out? And he was like, yo, I'm not speaking out because, like, that's not who I am. Like, that's not what what I do. But I believe in the scenario, I will donate money, but I'm not going to speak about it because it's not, it doesn't resonate with me exactly. on that level for me to, to communicate about it. And, he's, and he said specifically that he doesn't, look, I'm putting it in his words, obviously, so don't quote me, but he, he basically said he's not fake. Yeah. So he can't just go on record and talk about something that doesn't really resonate with him exactly. And for me, as someone that really works for himself respectfully, um, that's the type of person I'm trying to be. Like yeah. I, I'm trying to get to a level where I don't talk about things I don't want to talk about. Like, and I don't do things I don't want to do. Exactly. I do them because I want to and, and if someone or if I believe in something enough even though I don't want to talk about it I can donate funds to that yeah but um, you don't but need to I, substantiate your opinion by contributing to anything which I feel like a lot of us do so sometimes like, you do yeah but like to bring it back so all of this happened 
And then Samurai Farai was born through like my commentary on the institute. Why Samurai Farai? Because Samurai Farai was inspired by Yasuke. And Yasuke was a Mozambican slave who was taken to China in the 15th century. Okay. And he was the, he became, he rose the ranks in the, chi- in the dynasty in China and became the first like Afri- black samurai in the history of all samurais. So he's the first Yasuke. black? First black samurai. Okay, okay. I've kind of heard about something about that, but yeah, so, love the context. So um, on Netflix, they actually just made Yasuke the anime, which Lakeith, Lakeith Stanfield is the, the voice of the protagonist, and the entire scoring is done by Thundercat and Flying Lotus. Okay. Which is amazing. It's an amazing creative project. I really think everyone should watch it. But I, I really resonated with that because I felt like that was like a person of color who was like inducted into slavery who didn't yeah who didn't like allow his identity to like dictate his future right but also like the discipline of the samurai the legacy of the samurai the context of the samurai felt like it i was doing it i felt like i wanted to create a pseudonym or an identity with my imagination that existed outside of like societal constraints mm-hmm. so outside of gender outside of race outside of class outside mm-hmm. of religion mm-hmm. i feel like the name on like my id book or id card is constrained to that so i was like well i know i've done all of this critical information and studying about like performativity right and if i can use performance to create a creative like embodiment or an extension of my imagination and that puts me at, at an advantage yeah because i can create an identity that is outside of me you know so, so that means like bangs there exactly you know what i mean okay so then now i actually have a protective layer like i have this pseudonym which defends the real me you know so anytime i'm in a situation where i'm forced to endure the like harshities of the world i just present the performance and the real sensitive motherfucker is like calm right you know because i mean sometimes i meet people and i don't even like like say my like whole name i'm like yo my name's samurai call me samuel like you know because not everyone needs to be like not everyone deserves access to you so let me ask you something asking people to call you samuel don't you feel indifferent because that's what um, Basquiat called himself? Yeah, but that's where the inspiration comes from. Like, that's a legacy I feel like I decided to carry. Okay. You know, and it's not indifference. It's just like, I would rather have a trap card. I would rather have the protective layer than that. Especially okay. with my art. I'm a very sensitive person. And creating that identity, I felt like I could speak because now it's like, okay, Samurai Farai isn't a person of color. He doesn't know a class's boundary, he doesn't know a religious boundary, he doesn't know boundaries. So I can make anything I want to because now, boundary. yeah, I'm not a black artist. Yeah. You know what I it mean? It could be anything. I can literally. So that was the intention. And because like, I don't want to make work that is constrained by my physical identity. Same. Fuck that shit. But fortunately, you know, in the fashion space, that's never like a... In the fashion space, fortunately, might I add, that's never been a... 
a constraint, if I can say that. No. Um, but it, it's it's definitely classes. It's classes just like any other, like any others. Of course, I think it's more class based. I think art, the visual art realm, is more definitely. racial than definitely. fashion. Like in fashion, definitely. it's like look at Virgil. It's like bro, no one gives a fuck that Virgil's black. No, definitely but, no. But so let me explain to you what happens, right? But I'm gonna tell you what I think happens. What I think happens is that. Um, in fashion, they box you up. Same in art. Like you're a black designer. You're a designer, no, but when they're gonna write about you, you're a black designer. Same, same. So what Virgil did, Virgil, um, and I don't really like talking about it most of the time, but like what Virgil did is, you know, on a, on a very large scale, in, a, in our generation, in our time, in our decade, Virgil is what Virgil, uh, Virgil is what Basquiat did for art, but Virgil did it for fashion. Virgil was the first black designer to do it on the scale that he's doing it at. He, Just he like what Basquiat did. Like, but on the level, no, to relax. No, relax. But, you can, we can, dude. Like, I told you, I don't cut. <laughs> like, niggas think I'm joking, we don't cut. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you guys want to turn the camera to me, that one? Maybe so I can talk to it? I don't know, because this nigga's busy. <laughs> so this nigga went to go piss. Um, we're still, like, rolling. We're really still rolling. Uh, yeah, we're still rolling. But I don't we like, we don't like cutting. I can explain to you why we don't like cutting. Because like, we really want it to be like, really, really live. It's not live, but it's live. I don't know if you get what I mean. Do you guys get what I mean? I know you guys get what I mean. I know what you mean. I just hope everyone or the person watching this gets what I mean. Yeah, like, we like cutting, but we don't like cutting. <laughs> Everything going good? Bad. I forgot the audio. You're so sorry because you have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> you know what I think? I think you should use that one. I think it's the easiest one to close. I think that... Um, we back. See, my dad's in the scale. Come right back to him. It doesn't matter. You want to smoke? No, 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 I'm not <laughs> Respectfully, that's what's going on. <laughs> I think that what Virgil, Virgil cannot, there will never be another Yeah, but no, there will. Listen, let me explain to you what happens, right? This is what I think happens. Okay. It's my theory. I'm a theorist, by the way. Same. So what I think happens is that every generation has someone that believes they can take it further, and not necessarily like the last person, but they can take it further solely based on what they want to do. Because yes. I think what a lot of people don't understand is that you, I, like for me personally, I don't want to take it further because Farai took it the furthest. Yes. I want to take it further because that's this is what I believe. Yes. I don't know if you get what I mean. Like this is what I believe and this is what I know 
I can do. It's not that I don't, it's not that I think Farah can't do it, but it's what I know I can do step by step. So because I feel like I can do that, that's what I'm gonna do. And that's what I believe, but like, that's what I think happened with Virgil. Like I was watching a documentary yesterday, last night, about Colette. I've never, I didn't know about Colette ever in my whole fucking life. Colette, she it. It's fucking crazy. Colette is like a, it's a store where before the internet they used to sell like limited shit. Colette, it's called Colette. They used to sell like limited shit. And I watched the documentary today and I was mind blown. I was mind blown. One thing I was mind blown about is the owner. The owner doesn't look like she owns Colette. Yep. Second thing I was wondering about is the concept. The concept was very um, just different. It's different, but yeah. yeah. Let's 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 bring it back because we're going away again. Let's bring it back. Yeah. So that's what always happened. I told yeah. you. Yes, I Should let me go. 
find a reason why I think you should let me go And you're live on Dead Radio. So the samurai for right thing yes. is what I'm still, which is was the foundations of like my career and like my personality. Mm-hmm. And it allows me to navigate the art world, which is incredibly lucrative in a way where I feel like I'm protected by my pseudonym and I'm protected by my art. Okay. You know, so it was really important for me to. Um, separate Samurai Farai Farai you know I have to separate like my own experience as an individual in comparison to my experience as a creative 100% because I can't two different people yeah I can't deal with the whole circus of being like you know because Mm -hmm. I don't need to and people are not sensitive enough for me can I ask you something? Yes. Speak here. Have you ever sold your art to someone that you never thought you'd sell your art to? All the time. Every like all of my. You get what I mean? Yeah, but okay. But someone that bought your art was someone that has someone that bought your art. Ish, you know the English. Oh my god! But has someone or have or have or whatever someone that bought your art. Well, or someone that you didn't expect by like probably someone that's like completely different outside of your radius no and I, I'll tell you why because why? My, my, I don't have a radius everyone is my radius uh-uh. I don't no no no, no. Like, you're lying to me. I swear to you bro I'm like, sorry you're lying because I would like to even with clothes like there's certain people in my head I know they'll buy but there's other people that I see wearing like a dead t-shirt I'm surprised yeah but you shouldn't be surprised no I should be why I should be surprised and I'll tell you why because sometimes you know we've got a gift and I'll tell you why it's a gift it's like it's like being an artist like uh, not even an artist like a musician it's it's the gift that sometimes you create something that resonates with someone you never thought it would resonate with yeah and that's the beauty of it yeah, that's the that, beauty. Yeah, it is the beauty, but all of that beauty for me accentuates my like canon and my what I perceive my audience to be. Yes, because that's why when people ask yeah, me about an audience, I can't ask that question. No, but of I course, never want to. Dude, it's just the same thing. Like, I don't just want people of color to buy my art. I don't yeah. just want white people to buy my art. I want anybody that understands art to buy my art. Not even understand, bro. For me, the the best situation is selling an art piece to someone who has never seen art No, never spent money on art. Oh. That for me is the like most intoxicating experience. Sitting with That's someone. a good point, because also me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like someone's never bought anything high end, buying it, and it's like, oh shit, that's really, Bro. that's really sick. 
that that is like a drug because that's a really really, really re- good point yeah i really believe that art is for everyone yeah unfortunately the that's the thing but because people are intimidated by art people are intimidated by galleries because yeah. people say it's an art people thing yeah i'm, I'm, I'm not it's not for me why because it's classist it's it's it exists in it really world. is classist it's, com- it's completely fucking classist bro but, but that's I, can t- I can be honest with you and say why it's classist understand why it's classist and it's classist because you get the most money for nothing I'm sorry. You can't say that. I can't say you nothing. You can say it, but... No, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me shut my sentence. Okay. Not for nothing, but you get a lot of money for not working from nine to five, for doing something you don't like. But you why? You nine to twelve for doing something you do like, and you can sell it for the price. Exactly. So isn't it sad? that the people who are working nine to fives believe that they have to work nine to five to I don't, survive. Because I don't work enough. I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't think it's sad. And I'll tell you why I don't think it's sad. I don't think it's sad because some people, that's what they know. And I've been taught, yes. I've been taught to, to appreciate what some people think is correct other than what I think is correct. You know what I mean? Um, I'm gonna, I need to just put that there because you know. Um, but yeah, like I've been, I've been mentally taught to understand like two sides of the spectrum. Definitely, same. like my dad works for the government. Government said my and well, like half my family works for like the government, but I don't. And you don't. You know what I mean? To. Like I don't want to work for the government. Literally, I never work for the government. Yes. And with that, it has shown me how. Um, that's completely fine. No, I think that there's a place. Of course it is. I'm not trying to exclude people. I'm just saying we need those people yeah. to be safe. No, we need the sheep. No, so stop. we can know. You can't call them the sheep. We need sheep because <laughs> the sheep only give us a reference point and context for what we don't want. If there was not sheep, there would not be people like that's fucked. I don't. Okay, you're right. It's just a fact. We'll be honest. You're right, but I don't like calling them sheep because it's what they are. It's just. (laughs) It's what. No, no, and I don't mean it. You're right. You're right. I'm not going to deny that you're right. Emotionally, mentally, spiritually, (laughs) people. Like I said, there's people don't want responsibility. Yes, you're right. I'm not going to lie to you. You're right. I hate. However. I want you to look at yourself as a. I know a lot of people might hate our conversation because there's a lot, a lot of tangents of here. will hate this conversation. There's a lot of tangents, but like um, the truth is, in life, it will forever be that one person that stands out. It's, it's and, and stands out not necessarily in what they do, but necessarily in how high, how they think. Yeah, but the only and it's way just how it is. completely. But the only way we have outliers is because we have people that exist in the in the confines. Yeah, outliers. outliers. Let me get back to your story because that's how we finished the yes. show. Story <laughs> about me. Yeah. I show. I sold out my my grad show. I got it was very far. We really need to get back to that. Yeah, yeah, I sold out my graduate show. I got approached by a gallery for two galleries after that. Um, I had a few group shows. I did an uh, like artistic residency at Great Mall Studios in Woodstock, which was amazing. And that, like, the, that situational experience put me in a, in a space as a fine artist where 
I could see the impact of my creativity for society. Right. I, I remember um, having. Can I ask you why? Yeah, let me get to that. I, I remember having a um, class of grade four kids right. from an Athlone primary school come to my studio for a visit oh. with their teacher. And I had like these kids in my like studio and I was talking to them about my work. And through talking to them, I realized a lot. I think the first thing I realized was, holy shit, um, my indoctrination in art school put me in, it gave me a language or a, like a vocabulary that people, real people, don't understand. Okay. You know, like as an artist, like you can just like speak English, but use vocabulary that people have no like relation to. Right. So I remember having these kids around me and being like, fuck, I need to actually just simplify what yeah, I'm doing. Yeah, dumb You know, it's like, oh, I'm creating this to speak on that and like challenging this confine and this rhetoric. These, these kids are like eight years old, nine years yeah. old. And then I, I just simplified. I was like, listen, I love to use primary colors. I use my art to like firstly heal myself and put myself in like a good mental space. Like I feel like the only... I feel like I would still be an artist if no one knew me because art is the only thing that I think keeps me alive. Making and creating is the only reason I actually want to be here. And like communicating that to kids and saying, hey, listen, if you just want to draw, paint, create, you can. You don't have to Put, yeah, you don't have to find yourself in a situation where you're doing things for people that you don't want to do. You're confined to deadlines. You're driving three hours to go to work and two hours to come back and you hate your life. So a lot of my practice is to try to inspire. It is to inspire and I know I'm inspiring, but I just want people to have enough courage to maybe seeing what I do make a risk to take the risk right you know the same way like you took a risk mm -hmm. we literally whether it's the testosterone or the will or the perseverance we were brave enough to try and sometimes i just wish people would try bro you know like it's not like you just want to sit back and think oh fuck, this could be so cool like fail failing is also cool i can explain to you why i think what, what happens happens like what you said right Look, what I think happens is, you know, um, the one thing that told me during lockdown is something that told me something. Bang, um, I have to stop you. Why? Because you're going to go on a tangent again. No, I won't. Okay. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very surprised you did on the whole on a tangent. Yeah, but during lockdown, what happened is I saw a lot of people that tried to go online, go online, and that's people starting their own businesses. Like what we're talking about right now. Yeah. But I had. Yeah. However, um, going to university for me was something that made me understand that when you're doing real life shit, you really need to do something you're passionate about. Completely. Like university really showed me what I'm passionate about and what I'm not passionate about. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. It, re it required extra energy and extra effort from yeah. me, but from a place of not doing harder, but doing things because intentionally. Exactly. And doing things intentionally requires... Courage. Courage and... I, 
courage and doing things because you want to do it, you know what I mean? And half the things, like, I, I will not lie to you, the first thing that I studied when I went to university after school was engineering. Wow. I didn't do that well. Of course not. I got into it, but I didn't do that well. I didn't do that well because it's not what Bangy does. Do the same thing, like... Like, it's not what I do. Second year, I left, went to UJ, started doing architecture. That was good, but the thing that was good about it was because I could dress, you know, in architecture school and a fashion school in one. So the fashion people study maybe two floors up, but the architect people study, study like two floors down. So I knew when I go there dressed up in what I made, niggas will ask me, yo, so you know, like what's good? Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what I resonated with. But, like, but that's what showed me, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and it's just about passion, it's about passion. Yeah. It's truly about passion. Dude, on that note, it's so crazy. Just like to jump off of that. So, in my third year, like in, in art school, you have two exhibitions per year. Yeah. To showcase, obviously, the work that you make during whatever. So, in my third year, I... Is this the third year? Were you working at Clocks or not? I was, yeah. I worked at Clocks for two From the third year or second year? From my second year till I graduated, so okay. yeah, two and a half years from now. Why did you work at class? It's all a, it's yeah, I was very I worked, curious. Yeah, so I got the bursary, I went to res, and then like from the third year, you have to move out and live somewhere else, and like Miss Fast give you like money to like do that, but I wasn't make. I didn't have enough money to like sustain a lifestyle that I wanted. So okay, whether it was. Food, whether it was clothes, it was going out, whether it was just existing. So, got this job at Clark's and literally slave, bro. Like, and you know, like, I slave like five days a week most times, um, 10 hour shifts, like, fucking slanging scrambled eggs and coffee at like 6 45 in the morning to like five, bro. And literally for like maybe a thousand rand, 500 rand if I was lucky. And that taught me humility. You know, okay. which I feel, and perseverance and hard work, which I feel a lot of people don't know, and they don't. How long did you do that for? Pardon? How long did you do that for? Dude, I did that. I started working behind the bar or in hospitality when I was 16 years old. Okay. I grew up in a family where, or I grew up with my mother, and my mother never had um, extra cash for me. You know, like the entire duration of my university, my mother never gave me money. You know, it was pure hustle and work ethic. And that work ethic is still, it still sits with me, bro. Same here. You know, like... Like, I've know. never... I totally get what you mean. Yeah. Because I've never... Well, take that... Please pop the play energy drink right there. Because, yeah, we need some drags up here. We, yeah. I feel like we're talking for long, but anyway. I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone cares. No. As but much probably should, but anyway. Dude, fuck man, the like, work ethic is like the only thing that everything. separates me from anyone else. It was same here. And that's, I don't, that's why when people like, and it was, yo, dude. Same here. I remember I had this conversation with, because in my res it was um, the med students, the actuaries, and eco people. Yeah, those like, guys were hot. Dude, so it was like, <laughs> like, out of like 400 people, there were like five of us doing humanities. Okay. So we like, like stood out. Remember, like sitting in the in the canteen, like one dinner evening, with these med students, and they were like, "To me, you're so lucky you get to study what you you love." And I was like, "What? Huh? 
I'm lucky. Why the fuck are you not studying what you love? Yeah, like you, know, like, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, my mom, my parents, this, this, that. I'm like, nah, this is what separates me from you. I do what I love. Yeah. And I don't ask for anyone's permission to do it. Yeah. I just do it. But you wait for someone's affirmation or someone's thumbs up or a, opinion. I don't do that. And I can't be around people that wait for a thumbs up. Yeah. That's not how we move. It's tough. You know, so. Tough times, bro. Dude, but like, to bring it back, I did an independent career thing here after my UCT experience and then had the opportunity to work as an art auctioneer on cruise ships. How did, that, how did that happen? Long story short, I was, I was literally in the gym with my friend Lisejo and he was like, hey, what are you doing this year? I'm like, oh, no, fuck, I'm just trying to sell art. He's like, well, I know about this gallery my friend is working for on the cruise ships. I think you should apply. 500 people apply like per week okay. for this and I wrote an amazing proposal and just wanted to express like authenticity and I got the job. I how, how many people like besides, like besides you got the job? 2,000. 2,000 people yeah. on the cruise ship? Okay, no, two, no, no, 2,000 people applied in that okay. space. But on the cruise ship, how many people are there? Working about... 500, 600. Crazy. Yeah. Okay. So, trained for six months here via Skype with my with my like teacher overseas. Flew to um, Miami. Um, did two weeks in Miami. Did two weeks in Detroit, Michigan. Put, and I got put on a ship that was basically sailing from Tampa to Costa Rica to Mexico to the Caribbean. Crazy. And we we worked seven days a week, bro. Crazy. Setting up exhibitions three times a week, art auctions. We're setting up 300 artworks every second day, like on easels. Like what? Work that I thought that I thought I knew how to work hard until I went to the cruise ships. <laughs> Why? What? What's different there? No days off, <laughs> and you live on a ship. You know, like, yes, like it's, you live where you work, basically. Bro, and if you think of it, like to even like for us to say, hey, let's get an Uber and go. You can't. Oh, my see man, we are in a confined space. <laughs> I'm literally living in a room that's like half of my studio really? with another person. You have no space, you have no personal life, you have no social life, you're just working. And I, I was ready to commit three years of my life for that because I knew my vision and my vision was to open up my own gallery and my own space. You know, so I did that, Corona hit, I got stuck on a cruise ship for 115 days, Benny. What? 115 days, my dog. Because of Corona? My dog. Corona oh, hit. Wait, wait, wait. Say, yeah, my say dog. Again. 115 days, I was stuck on a ship and I got sailed home from the Caribbean islands. This is South, South past, Africa. Past the equator, <laughs> past the Horn of Africa. How does that take? How long? Yeah. Three months. Oh, are you joking, dude? Sailing, no birds, no land, no trees. Shit. Sometimes, like level five, you can't even go out. People must bring you food. Three months. Don't you lie. I'm saying this now. You lie. Important for people to know. You lie. That duration, that trip, seven people committed suicide. Because of the hectic. How they commit suicide? Various ways. I don't want to get into that. But no, but that's so deep. Seven yeah. people, bro, and it was intense, bro. Like 
the most intense mental experience that I've ever went through, knockout. Okay, why, okay, I'm gonna ask you a question right now. Why would you say, why would you say it as a mental um, exercise if you are? Because it was a mental exercise because there were so many things being projected or it was okay. Firstly, you must understand the context. We were all working and then work stopped. So no guests. So you don't have anything to do. Yes. So you have your days open ended, but you can't go anywhere. In the cruise ship. And but how big is the cruise ship? Dude, like it's big. Yeah, but where like you hundred meters from bow to back, maybe. Yeah, so where you going if you're not going anywhere? Exactly. Maybe I'm going to play basketball. Maybe I'm going to like fucking play video games. Maybe I'm playing cards and parties. Maybe I'm having a drink. Maybe I'm smoking. Like no weed, mostly alcohol, and socializing with people who you don't know. And okay. it was a it was a mental marathon because you don't know when you're getting home. Firstly, we spent forty five days in Tampa, Florida, parked. 45 days. Not knowing when we could fly, not knowing when we leave it, not knowing if Corona's real, not knowing if anyone has Corona on the show. So the limbo, the unknowingness, the uncertainty. Are you serious? Dude, it was crazy. But during that time, I remember like ordering some like art supplies off of Amazon in those first 45 days, because we could still get packages. So I ordered like a sketchbook, some markers and like some like watercolors, which I still have. And I was like, I need to just make. So that body of work was specifically designed to comment on body language. Okay. And body language, why? Because how do our bodies communicate how we feel mentally before our words? Do? Okay. And that was really important to me because okay. I was really frustrated. And right. I was like, I'm not talking to anyone, but I'm, my body is like lethargic. It's, it's stuck in the space. So that body of work, which sold out when I came here, literally like- Oh, so it's sold, sold out. The shit you made of the shit. And Holy even shit. got picked up by sports team, bro. It's so crazy. Nigga, and Reebok, you're lying. It's so weird. Dude, so I come back. I come back. So, wait, dog. Like, what the fuck? It's wild, dude. It's wild. What? I don't even tell people, bro, because it's just wild. Like, what? It's wild. So I come back. Thank God, I get, they dropped me off in Durban two weeks. But I how? How did you get dropped off in Durban? Off the ship, dog. Because that's the only place so that's the only ship can, can take you because of the size. So they can't take you to Cape Town? Why? Because they don't have ports. Yeah, they don't have ports for us. Okay, okay. So went to Durban, two weeks quarantine, had to take a bus from Durban to Cape Town. Oh my God. When I got to Cape Town, like I had nowhere to stay and Khotso, I literally lived like in Khotso's like, like upper place for like two months. And whilst I was there, I was making and creating and like using that body of work to like... The same body of work? Yeah. And okay. I actually sold an artwork whilst staying there. Like this thing was literally... Like this, and you see this? I had a painting on the wall, just like this, like in, in motion, in work. And someone came there that was visiting him and was like, yo, I really like that. How much is that? And I was like, uh, long story short, sold it for a bunch of money. How much? 17. <laughs> and off the wall, and I was like, well, okay. You saw it at that point in time? 
Like on the spot? On the spot. 17 on the spot? Yeah. On the spot. So then from that point, what I did was um, realize that clearly this body of work is important and I need to keep pushing it. Worked with Ideas Cartel, did some live paintings. Um, did How did you work with Ideas Cartel? So what I would do was I would bring in artists who I saw potential in and curate their work in Ideas Cartel for certain years. like in terms of choose what should be in here? Yes. Okay. Like put the works up, curate the works, decide okay, on the artists. By the way, the reason why we have this, put it up proper for the people. The reason why we have Bulldog Jin is because he's a face. This guy right here. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Bulldog. We're enjoying. Beautiful. Anyway, Kara. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so what that. I would do is like I'd curate the artworks, curate the artists, and just introduce a creative aspect to, you know, a, a hotel event. Okay. So, that was kind of the springboard. Um, I did like, I think, four or five of them. And realize like okay well this is clearly something that's working. How many did you sell throughout all of them? Um dude I helped I think I helped some of my art I helped one of my artists sell out like eight artworks uh one, one night. night yeah I helped another artist sell wait, 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 wait. eight artworks in one night yeah because like I came night. dude I came back with like the sales acumen that like no one in SA had yeah, because of the cruise ship. Yo, dude, like the way That's I was saying, like one night. One night. The way I can speak to people about art and sales. And so I want to ask something because I don't know much about art selling. Um, when it comes to art selling, do you like sell based on what you say or it's just how the art book looks? Because when I've been in the gallery, it's just like how the art book looks and if I want to buy, I'm buying. It's deeper than that because okay. Tell me. if you like, if you are in my gallery space and I can see you have interest, I'll approach you and I have a set of questions that will lead to like why. I'm just very yeah, curious. No, so like, if you're like staring at my artwork, I'll come to introduce myself. Like, hey, beautiful artwork, don't you agree? You never ask questions that it's called an open-ended question. Yes. So it, you don't ask just questions. This is another conversation. Exactly. Yes. So hey, this artwork's beautiful. Don't you agree? Yeah, I do agree. It's beautiful. Oh, I mean, I think it's beautiful too. Tell me what you like about it. From that point, I will figure you out. And then, if I know that you're either invested in color, form, composition, then my job is then to assess what your uh, price limit might be. Not by even asking you, but like sussing you out, like the. Okay. So but seeing what piece you have, like that you're dressing, or that you're yeah, so right now. talking to the piece, or just like the way you kind of present themselves. Right. You know? It's called qualifying. So if I can qualify, right. like someone that's willing to spend ninety thousand on a Picasso ceramic, which we used to sell. Yeah. Doesn't look like someone that's willing to spend five hundred dollars on a draw. Right. And also that conversation can be inversed because at the same time someone can look like they can drop 90k But they can't But they can, they don't, yeah So yeah. <laughs> learning that and using those abilities That's fucking dope Helped me secure so many sales and I was like fuck I want to teach other people to do this Yeah, that's No, I don't want to just do it for myself You should and have a listen Like that's you know, dope Like I need to definitely have like a TED talk at some point You do you do. You know? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be a hundred with you. You do. do. And I'll tell you why. Why you do is because you know what you just said is like a lesson in itself. Um, 
um, a lesson to sell is a lesson itself. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people don't know how to sell, no. especially in the new generation. Like no, right now, we've got the internet, and a lot of people sell via YouTube. A lot, like yeah. not in South Africa, maybe like internationally. They have the link after the show, whatever, whatever. But that's how they sell. And what I'm saying is, like, what you just said to me right now is that the direction of where things are going is what it is, let's just say. Because people aren't having conversations anymore, yeah. bro. Like, the internet is stopping you from, like, making physical contact. Yeah. And physical contact is a beautiful thing, which I really enjoy. So, like, yeah, I came back, did these things with Ideas Cartel, and then, long story short, obviously completed the mixtape cover art for Aries. Okay, how did that happen? How that happened was, I think it was last year, November. Yeah, it's actually a very interesting story. So last year, November, just passing out artworks, doing my thing, like I said, and um, my homie Wanda, boy Wanda, so my youngin from high school, he hits me up, he's like, yo, G, I'm doing some work with this hip hop artist, and I recommended you to him because I really think that you could give it, like, do some work with him. But at that time, I was also like, I'm super vocal. So I was like, yo, I made, I remember making a few posts, like, fuck these boring ass South African, like, hip hop artists. All you do is take a photo of yourself and then, like, that's your album. You're cool. Yeah. You know, like, 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 can you guys just fucking be more unique? Yeah. And he, like, screenshotted it, obviously, sent it to Reese, and Reese resonated with it. Literally DM me in November, it's like, yo dog, I really fuck with your shit. I'd love if you could send me, um, I'd love if you could do the artwork for my like, next mixtape. Did he tell you what the mixtape was about? He sent me the mixtape seven months before. In the music? He sent me the mixtape seven months it. before it dropped. So I had the mixtape and I got to listen to it before anyone. And it's obviously crazy. I signed an NDA and shit. Crazy. I spent like, I think, yeah, four months only listening to Reese and like interpreting the emotions into a visual. Like, I think I was fucking up, I'm sorry. I think I was doing too much, eh? Yeah, I know. <laughs> but can you hear the sound? It's good? It's um, good. Can you hear the sound? I'm sorry. No, just had to. So I had that mixtape, did the artwork, um, sent it to him. And, and you made it? Yeah, but when I, I made all the post net, but when I sent it to him, I also like sent him like two or three other like prep drawings I did, just like this, oh, just dope. to be like, yo dude, love, put these up, it's yours. So what he did was he leveraged those as like single covers. Oh, oh the you lying. Bro. <laughs> you lying. Bro. I you was lying. Dude, I was like, oh my you God. Lying. And it was unexpected. <laughs> like, I wish you lying. I didn't even, bro, I no, didn't you lying. three. You lying. Three singles, my artwork, my no, artwork, mixtape drop. You lying. You lying. You lying. Boom. This guy's lying Boom. to us. From, Everybody from, listen to no, right now. You lying. Dude, from the What the fuck? In November, I had like. You showed us all the albums for the, for the singles for the album were yours. All of you lying. <laughs> I literally penetrated SA hip hop via art, and I'm the only nigga. There's no other visual artist in this country that has made No man, I hear you. Image. I don't even give a fuck about that. I hear you. And that's fucking sick. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. 
But the fact that what you sent him as an extra he was what actually stood um, up because you gave him that as, okay, this is what you want for your album, but I'm going to give you two, can I hand them up for you one? If yeah, you want. like it was like a and so, that, is, that was, dude, I saw the art pieces. I can even show you my phone. I, yeah. I can really go to my Apple Music and show you those apps. It's like 20 million. Because that shit for me was like, oh shit. Um, dope art piece, but this is some, um, the first two singles are really dope. Um, I'm not really a, like a hip hop nigga. I'm not like, I'm really a deep house nigga. But this is those songs, his album is really dope. No, it's fucking amazing, dude. I so I saw the art pieces, I was like, oh shit. Don't listen to it. But then when the EP dropped, then I saw it cool. Then after like probably two or three weeks, I knew you did it. I was like, oh shit, I did this. What? How? Oh yeah. I was like, how? No cap. I was like, how? Okay, for I did this. Okay, shocking. Mm-hmm. Very dope. Okay, for I did it. Dude. And so what I told you. When I got you. Yeah. It's, yeah. But it's shocking, not in the sense of disrespect, but it was shocking in the sense of Farai did it. I, I think, knew Farai for yeah. seven years and I it didn't make it, me, it didn't, no. it didn't actually allude to this is what that, Farai yeah, would course, do. That, that even what you're it's saying now, what, what you're saying now, I think reflects on a lot of people's opinions or attitudes towards art in this country. I'm not, not lying to you. But because no, we, no don't, yeah, no, we don't understand the gravity of, of visual art in yeah. this country. We don't. And it's, I, that's I, not because we're stupid, it's because we haven't been given the tools or the opportunity. There's no story about it. You know, so... Or like we've been recording for quite a while, but yeah, damn, no, damn, no, I love the story, man. Yeah. So I'm really happy that, you know, in terms of combining or being a bridge in between visual arts in this country and and our hip-hop culture and that yeah i just showed people that you you can can do do it it. and i did it and that's you know and there won't be another one because i did you're the first one to do it and i got i got high school kids writing exams about me now i got play i'm doing lectures in like schools for people and i'm like bro it's in the space of like seven months literally gained like 9,000 followers and I don't know actually how to engage with them. And after that, let me ask you, when did Black Brick come into the play? So Black Brick came into the play in March, April. I literally... I mean, like what was going on when that happened? I just did the Reese cover. Uh, I was managing a wine and cocktail bar um, here in Cape Town, like doing art, living in Camps Bay, but like no studio. Came here, met Viway, amazing human being, and I saw his artwork in the building from an artist that I actually put on in one of my previous. But how did you meet Fear? I came here for an event on the rooftop. What event? Uh, this had they used to host rooftop events. Okay. Um, and I'll tell you what's funny. That's what I told you last night. That's how I met some of the library. Yeah. It was an event, exactly. and I was just like, they're really amazing. Can I, do, can I fly a drone? And they're like, yeah, this is what we do. I was like, what? This what you guys do? This place is really amazing. This is what I'm trying to do. The, re- the ethos, the rhetoric, the, the community. Right. So I came here, right. made where basically they were doing a competition to find an artist in residency. I applied late and I was like, listen, fuck all of that nonsense. I'm here live now. I'm the best home that you can put on. This is my portfolio. Printed a catalog the next day, had a meeting the day after. 
she was like, I love it all. You can live here for three months. Is Via a woman or a man? Via is a man. Because I've never met Via, but ever since I got to Cape Town, I got to Blackbird, Cape Town, I've heard viewing a lot of times. Is that the guy you in the morning? No, yes, when you met me outside. Yeah. yeah. So I got the artist in residency and did, I was starting my murals and my projects here in the space. And like two months, a month into that, they were like, hey, listen, there's a space and we need a food and beverage concept or restaurant. And me and Kim, like my partner, we were like, yo, we have these amazing ideas. She's in hospitality and she has these amazing ideas of like hotels. I know that I want my gallery space. So we combined that vision, got the necessary resources, literally articulated it. And now it's right. called the gallery you can eat at. Yeah. It's this whole space, which is just focused on redefining the definition of- Who's guy, you know Yeah, yeah. Redefining the definition of yeah. what galleries can be, you know? So we don't want pristine white walls. We don't want like just white people or white artists we give more percentage or commission to our artists than any other gallery space in Cape Town. And we basically just give accessibility to emerging artists. And, right. and I am there to advise them, you know, not like some superior authority figure, but as someone you. that's gone through the trenches that's right. to understand the knowledge. And I just want to like, I use the gallery space to like share that, that knowledge and create a network and community of artists or expressionistic people that can all work with each other to like elevate. And I want to do that in every like country I go. Like right. this is the first one and I want to make 10 more. Right. You know, I don't even like, that's why I'm like, I don't feel like attached to this. Yes. I want to go to Barcelona, I want right. to go to uh, Spain, I want to go to Portugal, I want to go right. to LA, I want like Dubai. Oh, fuck with that, man. You know, and I yeah. have these connections. I want to be a gallery creator in multiple spaces and countries. Right. Because I want. Beautiful, man. Yeah. I just want my IP to help other artists elevate themselves, bro. And get more money out of the percentage. Yeah. I get that. I and get that. Yeah. I mean, I get that because um, the woman who got in here, you the one that told me, I didn't know. The gallery takes 50% of every art piece, Dude. which is, I think is crazy. Bro, there's a gallery in Cape Town, I'm not going to mention them because it might be problematic, that take 90%. 90? So I made the percentage and you take 10%? Fuck you, dude. No, you're lying. You're lying. You're lying. 90%? 90. So basically what you're saying basically is... Basically it's like you're just showing and giving exposure. Yeah, and your my exposure is bigger than what the, all the time you spend on this. Basically, that's bullshit. Basically, that's bullshit. So, I'll tell you why it's bullshit. Respectfully, tell me. Look, we'll end it very soon because I know it's five minutes yes. to twelve before you end. It's yes. bullshit because it takes a lot to be creative. It I think does. a lot of people don't get that. That's number one. Number two, um, being creative. I think for me personally, with lockdown and curfews or whatever, it's made it very different. Mm -hmm. Because normally when there's, I'm, I mean, not even when there's whatever, but I'm extremely inspired by everyday activities. Yes. And lockdown made that very difficult because there's nothing really new happening. 
Mm. Um, I'm in the same space every day, doing the same thing every day. So you have and to find inspiration in different places. I just have, I have to find you inspiration. You have to force yourself to look for other I mean, things. It's very fucking difficult. But it's good. Very it's good. It's good. It's good because it's a challenge. It's yeah. a challenge. But I think your brand is also, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but evolving because of that. Right now. Yeah. yeah. Because it's the same with my art. And like I'm here living at a hotel, working with the hotel, making art for a hotel. I would not be here if it wasn't for COVID. 100%. That's a fact. 100%. I would it's not a be fact. Here because a fact. if COVID wasn't around, I would you wouldn't be here trying to, to holler at galleries, trying to like, do internships, and residencies. So, well, actually, that's a fact. So it's, it's this bittersweet thing, but really, like, COVID is here to help us evolve. Help the people that can evolve. <laughs> How could like and I know that if ever, if ever things go back to normal, all of the shit that I've just done during COVID, it's still it's still good. Yeah, I mean, same here, um, and same here in the sense of resp- like I don't I don't like seeing it like on camera, um, and I don't like seeing it like publicly, but COVID taught me how to re- really run. Um, a brand. No, that COVID really taught me how to run a lifestyle brand. And that's why right now we have a dead radio, but we're not selling main like main items. We don't have a collection of. Can't wait to get my hands in some dead though for real. You know, <laughs> I can't wait to be drenched in the dead. <laughs> no one's told me for almost six years. I don't own anything. Bye, Bangy. That's his After fault. this interview, I'll be dripped out. Yes, you will. Please look forward to the images. Follow me on Instagram, at Samurai Farai. You can do that at the no end, but you can't still in front of me now. But you can follow me now. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. What's this whole thing? It's like, what's happening right now? No, no, don't worry. Like, what's happening right now is that, like, there's a whole transformation, and we just trying to make it. Um, the experience better. Um, yeah. We just uh, that's why we tell people we are a lifestyle brand because we're just not about smelling, selling garments. Like we want you to live and feel very different when you put on a dead t-shirt. Um, and that's why there's been like um, no, not, like not not no sales. I'm lying to you. Like that's why there's not been any releases. Yeah, because like right now it's. A restructure, but restructure with sales, but restructure at the same time as we are trying to create a new day. Um, because of how I won't lie to you guys, because of how I personally feel. So I personally feel right now. I just don't wanna. However, you personally feel should be the fucking dictatorship of the Yeah, but time. people don't understand when you're Fuck corporate. People. Like corporate, corporate. I was in a corporate meeting like just yesterday, and I was trying to explain to them where the direction of where dead is going and. I explained to it more than once and I couldn't understand it. Like, why am I experiencing it more than once? And what I was explaining is that, okay, the point that I'm at right now, um, I'm really highly inspired, to be quite honest. I'm not inspired by a lot of things, but design wise, I'm highly inspired by like your Rick Owens, your Ralph Simmons. Mm. Uh, people that are not like in the spotlight per se as a face. Okay. But if you see someone wearing the brand, you all automatically and, yeah. know that they understand fashion. 
automatically. Definitely. Like you must see someone wearing Rick on shoes. Like, uh, like I'm not asking you. You wear Rick on. No, we know. You wearing it. You're embodied. You're like, and, and, and it's even beside the price. If I see no, you wearing it, but, uh, I know I can come to him like, yo, dude. If I can just say anything, bro. Like, I'm sure art is the same thing. Yeah, but with, yes, it is. I'll get into that in a sec. But your brand articulation has been very specific and it's been unique. So don't ever think, and I know I don't even have to say this, but you'll never like succumb to the pressure. You will keep being yourself, and I know this because you're Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. So I just know I love, and I also evaluate you like critically, and I approve. Keep it up. With the art, bro, it's the same. Yeah. Because. Who you ask? Who, dude, I watched the watching a uh, basket documentary. Even. Uh, Which one? Uh, Radiant Child. Radiant Child, yeah. Nobody, Nobody loves a like genius child. Times, I had a tattoo right here. Nobody loves a genius child. Like, oh. I live by that. Because it makes so much sense. Nobody loves a genius child because they truly don't understand. What I see you have a lot of textual artworks on you. Like, yeah. Lots of text, eh? So I can tell you what this is. Number one is my life path number. Okay. And because number one, I felt I needed to have it here. Okay. It's an item. I learned about it and obviously the accent fucked it up, but it's going to come back. Right. But it's an item. The first particle that was actually discovered by a uh, scientist. Um, because I understand it. It's um, not every second. Watson and Crick. You know better. Were the two scientists that discovered the composition of the DNA structure. Yeah, but, but when I saw this, and this is Isaac it made Newton, too much sense. Yeah, I mean, I when trust none, I had to get that because it's trust none. Oh God. I haven't said to trust none. Had my tattoo dead. I have to. This is my nephew's name. It's his birthday today. I like it. I like yeah, it. I love. I got this because like he's one kid that made me understand life. Like yeah, he made me understand life. Like you know what's the funny thing about a kid? He could be angry today. He could be the fucking most angriest guy in Gong. But when this kid, that you have to be happy. Mm-hmm. You cannot ever like. Show your anger to a kid, and that's why I had to get this because I like that. All the no, all the side is just nothing. So I got this one. Yeah, I have a positive sign as a. I got this tattoo on the ship. Show it to them. I got this. I got this tattoo on the cruise ship, done by like tiger, a Taiwanese gentleman who was working in the laundry Dope. and it's mad illegal like you're not allowed to do tattoos on the ship bro Why? So, oh, because you're not allowed to it's like a risk thing factor so he literally did this, this guy literally was like i showed him a reference image i was like cool literally sketched on my arm with the ballpoint pen ink crazy this thing is what it's my favorite crazy this was a tattoo i did by myself hand memento mori misspelled which is basically like it, it's it's latin for like the acknowledgement that we all live because we have to die okay that's not from some movie i forgot which one yeah um modus vivendi basically means it's also latin but it's like um an acknowledgement of Coexistence. Okay. You know, so I acknowledge that I have to coexist with the life forms around me. It's in order to be who you want, 100%. Yeah, this symbol over here, uh, me and Q, 
Kimmy G. Show it to them. Show it to the camera. This basically is the uh, symbol for my clothing brand that I'm about to drop, which basically represents the moon and the ocean and how they coexist and ex like. Right here. By um, DS. Yeah, they no no it's not DS. It's actually like a Hebrew symbol that we've inverted, but visually oh, it just represents the moon, for real? the relationship between the moon and the ocean here. Dope. this is a Basquiat symbol from one of his paintings called Man Dies. Um, Which is the one he made before he died? Just before he passed. Yeah, <laughs> this is basically Excalibur, which I know that I pulled off the rock, but it coexists with this beautiful like feminine image. Which for me represents like the divine feminine, okay. you know. Which for me, like feminine energy is, is it's sensitivity, it's creative energy, yeah. it's nurturing. So it makes men men. Yeah, exactly. So I think as men, like we need to also take a lot more time to. I see you have a very art. I don't know if it's on that hand or here. Yeah. It is yeah. a very art symbol. I yeah. just forgot what it is. This is the Fibonacci sequence, yes. the golden ratio. Yes, that's what uh, makes art art. Yeah, it makes, it makes everything symmetry. everything. So the Fibonacci sequence feeds into maths, architecture, finance. 100%. And over here we have Atlas holding the world. Yeah. The Greek god. And that that's me, because I got the whole world on my shoulders all the time. <laughs> Uh, tell us again, tell it again. I got, what the, whole, I got the whole world on my shoulders. Come on, tell them again, so, again so, bro. What you got on your shoulders? I got the whole world on my shoulders. <laughs> 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 over here holding the world, which is me. And uh, over here, I have a pharaoh, like on my. I saw that one of your yes, stories. Yeah, like on my like sacral chakra, because yeah. it's like Tutankhamun. I got an eye. Huh? I got an eye. Yeah? yeah? I'll tell you what, I got an eye. Oh shit! Yeah, oh, I got an eye because I feel like she got like the eye of Horus. Nah, I want to get just get an eye. And I'll tell you why. I want to get the eye of Horus, but just got an eye. But that's fucking sick. Yeah, show me again. Show me again. I'll show it to you after you. So I need to stand up. Bro. So yeah, uh, fair on the front because like keep me protected in all the directions I'm moving. Um, one of these like witchy hands holding like a crystal. People are gonna hate me for this episode. Like, oh, oh my god! Like crystals. It's like two hours. My dad's <laughs> Alright, I'm coming to my Artist war. Come down. Oh, can you see it? Artist war because every single day is a battle with myself oh. in order to be creative. Come on, friends. So. Come on! Bring up the cubit over Are you not entertained? Got the cubit over here because, like, this man's like shooting at my heart, but I'm also always shooting at the hearts of people, you get me? <laughs> So it's very standard. Are you not entertained? The body, the like, body. Are you not entertained? Just trying to use my body as like a mobile artistic I get iconoclast it. I get like it. symbol thing. But I think I we should it. wrap up to be honest. Yeah, we should. Yeah, we this should. has been mad dope. It's been. It's, it's really been. Like uh, I'm, we're gonna go to the beach now. Yeah, but I've learned a lot about you. I'm very shocked yeah. that I've known you for like seven years. Yeah, dude, this was really dope. I'm glad. Uh, I, I'm so happy we had the time. Like we, we did. We didn't even get halfway because I really want to know. I know, but let's continue look, like off cam though. Okay, look off cam. Okay, let me do this. I'm gonna be honest with you. Fifteen minutes. There's one thing I want to know before we wrap 15 up. Fifteen minutes. Yeah, we have fifteen minutes to wrap up. No, we got five. No. Baby, you've had me here for almost an hour and a half. No, do you have me here for two hours, dude? Okay. No, we've got five minutes. One hour forty-five. You see, we've got five and minutes. This is, okay. One thing I want to know. 
how to get with black bread. I know this personally, but the camera needs to know and everyone else how has to know. How do they get with black bread? Yeah, right? like how did they come to your door? I approached black bread earlier this year. Why? How? Because they were looking for an artist in residence to contribute art into the building. Perfect. Okay. I applied, I showed them that I was completely versatile and deserving of it. And I've been here since April. As a result, I opened up a gallery space called The Gallery You Can Eat At on Instagram, not a gallery. And that's basically been our relationship. We've had an amazing dynamic occurring this year. I think we've both helped. I think my brand and their brand have helped each other really evolve and accentuate and just right. show the world or show South Africa that like art is important. Art is real. You know, and it, it's also off of everything that all the opportunities that I'm getting, it's only a result of like art. the importance of art. Yeah. It's not even me. That's why I got yeah. the pseudonym because it's not me. I don't yeah. want the, the credit. It's it's the creativity, people's necessity to see things that inspire them. Hundred percent. I feel that. You know. So I've I've been here at Black Brick. I have the studio. I'm still doing a few more murals, and I run the gallery downstairs, which is a fucking phenomenal space, man. Beautiful. And, I'm just really privileged and happy and I'm, I want to do more. I want to keep on pushing. I want another gallery in like 15 more countries before I stop, bro. So Dope. Europe Europe in November. Okay. Potentially Dubai in December. Okay. Uh, and then I guess Africa maybe in the new year. Yeah, I'm, we'll I'm definitely going to Africa. No, we month. I told you. Yeah. Kenya or Ghana. I think. But it's been such a pleasure, dude. It's been beautiful. Honestly. Anyway, before we cut off, sir, yeah. we need motivation 101. What made you Ferrari? I know you guys have mantras. What's um, your mantra? What keeps you going every morning? What's the one thing you have in your mind? The only thing that inspires me every single day. It's not even about inspiration, it's about like, what's your thing? What's my thing? Yeah, every morning. Like when you wake up, it's like, okay, I'm Ferrari. Okay, and this, uh, is this is my thing, this is my thing, it might sound weird, but I don't fuck, this is my schedule, this is how I do it. No, wake that's up not your schedule. No, this is how I wake thing? up, listen, this is how I wake up in the don't morning. Don't talk about gym, what's listen, your thing? Listen, okay. I wake up in the morning, every morning, like in bed. First thing I do is, I speak to the universe, Okay. verbally. Wake up and I firstly, I'm like, yo, thank you universe for waking me up today. Okay. You know what I mean? Like for real, like you just woke me up and I acknowledge that. I probably like have a cigarette, like a pee, then I look at myself in the mirror every single morning for at least four minutes and I affirm and manifest what I want in my day okay. and in my life. Okay. I look at myself in the mirror and I say, I'm abundant, I'm healthy, I'm grateful, I'm blessed, I'm protected, and I'm magical. Okay. Every single morning. That Dope. is my thing. And that's that thing dope. is because my mom told me that when I was eight. Okay. And that's the only thing that helped me deal with like the death of my father and that helped me deal with like all this trauma is my relationship with myself. That's okay. my thing. Okay. That's dope. That's my thing. That's dope. My relationship with myself, communicating with myself, affirming myself is the only thing that's gotten me into the space in my career. Cool. Because I don't let anyone tell me that I'm good What's what? I tell myself. Dope. And it's, if I can tell myself every day... No one else can say anything. Fuck everyone. You know what I mean? So, I know. daily affirmations, get yourself some crystals, meditate, chakra. 
Chakra, yeah, yeah, chakra. Yeah, do, some, do, some, do some research on the chakras and... I don't fuck with that, but I hear you. But you know, I'm a Jew good, though. No, how do you know I'm good? My man, you just survived, survived like a life-ending situation. Yeah, I cheated death, but how do you know I'm good? I'm good because I believe in, I believe in a lot of things that people don't believe in. I know. But <laughs> Look, before we end off, but... Yeah, dude, it's been such a pleasure. Is, is this your Motivation 101? Motivation 101, don't ever let anyone tell you that you can't do exactly what you want to do. Your parents might not always be the best conduits to direct you in your life. Don't okay. be afraid to branch off away from your family. Okay. Your friends might not always want to see you succeed because of their own emotional structures and trauma. Okay. Learn how to be sustainable as an independent. Come on, carry on, brother. Learn how to be sustainable. Because as soon as you learn that sustainability outside of anyone else, you don't you're need done. anyone else. You're done. Not to say that we, give, we don't care about people. But you're do, done. But you don't need people to affirm your agency who you are. And who you are. You're you, done. You use your affirmation for yourself to inspire others. 100%. And I'll tell you why he's saying that. Keep it 100. 100. People will always tell you who they think you are. Exactly. You don't know who I am. No, you don't. You're telling me who you think I am. Exactly. How and you're telling you me who you need to be. 100%. But you're telling me who I think I am based on what I've shown you. Exactly. But what I've shown you could possibly not be everything that I am. Exactly. 100%. Done. So when you look at me and say, yo, Bangy is a hater, maybe that's the Bangy I've shown you. 100%. Bangy is a hater? I'm not a hater. It's just like if you're not dope, you're not dope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, blessings. Thank you for listening or watching. So this is part one. We're going to do part two in Joburg, probably middle of October. Yeah, um, he said that. I don't bit, know. Speak a bit more concisely. I don't know. Different things like galleries, um, uh, collecting art, um, inspiring other artists and teaching them how to like become independent. Bangi's going to speak on the design things, you know, inspire a few uh, designers to uh, get about it. So we'll see you guys in three weeks. I've never heard of this, but because he said, yeah, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. See you in three weeks. Have a good time. Thank you for listening and watching this episode. Yeah. Um, brah. Follow me on Instagram, Samurai Farai. Uh, follow the gallery, not a gallery, not underscore a double underscore gallery. Uh, please promote. Please come visit if you're in Cape Town. If you're not in Cape Town, hit me up. I'm going to be in Joburg a few times in the next two months. And yeah, just keep living and being passionate and don't let anyone tell you that you can't achieve your dreams. And one more thing is um, follow Dare, dude. Dare mm. underscore 93. Follow, follow Dare. Anything I said, if you don't know that, dog, you're whack. But anyway, bless up. Thank you for listening. Bra.